0: Oh, he's kept it out.
1: Pools are promoted on oh, the pool are heading back to the football league. Dave Callon made the dreams of all pool country. So a week where quite a few things have come out. It looks certain from some sources that Andy Woodman was about to take the managerial reins. And a new major bit of investment for the club. And of course, defeat in the die numbers to Newport County on Friday night.
0: Yeah, well, let's get started with the whole Andy Woodman situation. It
1: did look like
0: it was all set with the article and mail reporting the deal to be all but done. And that also came from various sources on Twitter saying that a deal had actually been agreed. I think as Nick Loughlin, um tweeted it was very similar to the Phil Brown situation 10 years ago in how it all seemed to pan out. Um, you know, Pulls made an exclusive statement um, to BBC Radio T Sport where they stated that they've not made an approach to Bromley regarding Woodman. The club can also confirm that no approach was made to himself individually, and the club have no intention of making him the next Pulls boss, which I think is quite a big statement. There's always two sides to every story. And I think you're going to read the Bromley statement and also give us your thoughts, Davo.
1: Absolutely. So this is what Bromley had to say on the matter. Bromley Football Club wishes to address speculation surrounding the future of its manager, Andy Woodman. With stories circulating regarding a move to Hartlepool United gathering at pace, both the club and Andy Woodman can confirm that no official approach has been made. Chairman Robin Stanton-Gleaves commented, although it remains unclear where this disappointing and unsubstantiated speculation has come from, I wish to clarify our position and keep supporters informed. I'm extremely pleased with the progress made under Andy's leadership, and he remains fully committed with my continued support to his role as manager of Bromley Football Club. Now, obviously, I am going to say I'm disappointed for sure. Obviously, I know, Jack, we've both spoke on and off this podcast with great admiration for Andy Woodman and how he could potentially do a great job for us. And I speak on behalf of probably all post fans. You know, he's been the favourite for a lot of time. So I think the fact that polls have actually come out and said this base about there's no approach going to be made ever, I think is, like you've said, very interesting. I think now, whether or not it happens, I think it would be a great time with what's happened in recent times at Cardiff. Obviously, Michael Flynn didn't get that job, so whether or not a deal could be made with him I think would be absolutely exceptional. Um, I know Pete Wilde, he's up there as well in, in the odds, so I think even if we could get a, a, a deal done for him, I think, again, I'll be really happy with that. But, like I say, I think it's going to be interesting whoever gets it, and interestingly, I don't know what you've got to think about with Jack.
0: yeah. I mean, there's always a lot of speculation, isn't there? When a new manager is potentially going to come in, it's always like, oh, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him come in. For me, Andy Woodman, I, as you've said, I had admiration for. I think he's done a brilliant job on the budget that he has, which is was most important for me. However, the person that I've wanted in from the start since DC left was Mike Flynn. Um, I think... Mike Flynn would be, as you said, an absolute exceptional appointment. Someone who could really take the club forward. As I mentioned in the last podcast about how successful he's been with Newport. And, you know, it remains to be seen who comes in. I've said it before. I don't really want to see Sweeney in charge. Not because I do not think he's an unbelievable coach. Just because I don't think now is the time. I think there will come a time. Um, But yeah, back to the whole statement and things. It's really interesting to see that we're not going to make an approach. It's really interesting that all these rumours gathered pace so quickly um, without you know any official like speech or anything from dialogue from from either club. Um, and obviously these statements have put those to bed. But on to the really exciting announcement that came out last week. Funnily enough, Dom Skirf and Hartlepool Mail actually announced this the night before. Um, it was meant to come out, um, but anyway, the Suit Direct Stadium, as Victoria Park is now known, Victoria Park will always be Victoria Park. That was said in an interview with Stephen Hobin, and and it will have been said numerous times between Poles fans. Um, but yeah, it's not to be sniffed at. You know, the money that's going to be coming into the club is absolutely vital, and um, hopefully, it can help as Hoban said to make the club an even more exciting prospect than it already is. And I think it's just fantastic to see real investment. And for the first time in a long time, as I tweeted on my own account the other day, it really does seem like Poles are showing genuine ambition and genuinely want to climb the leagues. So yeah, I think it's an absolutely fantastic bit of business for Poles, Hobin said That um, it wouldn't look out of place, this deal in the Championship or even the Premier League potentially. So I think that speaks volumes. I'm going to read the statement that has come out from Pulls when this was officially released on Friday morning. Um, So it reads Hartlepool United is delighted to announce a new three season partnership with menswear high street retailer Suit Direct partnership with suit direct will have a profound impact on artley pool united as the investment will be going directly to the club the fans and the community and suit direct is home to some of the most iconic menswear brands such as ted baker mark darcy ben sherman racing green and limehouse as well and you know nick scott who's the cfo suit direct said we're thrilled to be partnering with Arlepool United Football Club. The Baird Group has had a presence in Arlepool since 1945, and we're pleased that we can continue building relationships in this community. We are really looking forward to seeing the positive changes that this investment can make to the team and the club. Go Pulleys And the partnership is part of Pool United's recently launched official partnership portfolio with Soup Direct becoming the official stadium naming rights partner. They've also agreed to be the official menswear partner, uh, meaning that Soup Direct is sponsoring the first team training kit as well as the management team's bench kit. And as part of this deal, the corporate executive lounge will be fully refurbished and renamed. Suit Direct Lounge. Now, I'm not going to go on to read the rest of the statement, but obviously Raj Singh commenting on how delighted he is to welcome that and the partnership into the club and the signs of progress that it's making. And obviously, there's that interview with Stephen Hoban, which I really do encourage you to watch, which is actually on the club's um, YouTube channel. Now, as I've said, it's a fantastic bit of business. I think it's something that shows real intent something that's got me even more excited for the journey that we're on as a club at the minute and fingers crossed it'll just continue to help build momentum at the football club and this can be the start of bigger and better things. Davo, do you have anything to add on the whole partnership or, you know, have Mm -hmm. I
1: covered it? No, I think you've given a pretty good account of this. I think, um, I think it's important to say, you know, a big shout out to to Stephen Horbin for being a, probably a big part of this deal. Um, I know there'll be other people working alongside it, but, you know, big respect to him. I think, like you say, it's important, like like you've already said about, you know, it will always be Victoria Park. I know people were talking about that on Friday night saying, oh, but it's the Vic. It will always be the Vic. And I think, you know, and Stephen said that, you know, and um, that's probably the biggest part of it. But like you said, it's money not to be snuffed at. And I think it's also important to mention that the work that's been done on the Clarence Road side of it, um, the new refurbishment, the the, the signs and obviously the new stadium signage, I think is absolutely second to none. Um, obviously, I haven't seen it in its finished format, so I am looking forward to seeing it maybe next Saturday if I do get time. But yeah, I think it's an absolutely exceptional deal um, and hopefully the money that it does bring in can be used to help the next manager, hopefully in, in January, to bring in the players we need. Uh, hopefully a forward. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely great deal, Jack. So moving on now, I'm looking back at Friday's League 2 clash with Newport County, which obviously, as we know, concluded in a 2-1 defeat. And not for the first time this season, um, this is probably another frustrating game in the sense that, you know, we didn't play badly, I didn't think, but it's another game where I'm sat here and I'm wondering and pondering why on earth we haven't scored more than one goal? Because we had so many chances in that game. And first and foremost, I'm not going to start picking on on individual players, but I am going to say for one that, you know, for example, 30 minutes in, a wonderful deep cross by Zane francis Angol, who I will say had an absolutely unbelievable game, you know, and it was a glorious opportunity by Regan Ogle and you know, he, he didn't just have one or two. I think he, I would say, I think at least three chances by Regan Ogre, which seemingly were all headers at the at the far post. And uh, we've seen, obviously, a great volley by Matty Daly, which narrowly missed um hitting the crossbar and blazing at the town end. But I think overall, I think one of our biggest downfalls in the game, for I don't know about you, Jack, but for me, I think one of the biggest... Faults, I think, I'd seen was, you know, we were giving them far too much time in the midfield, um, which I am shocked, you know, when you've got such a a player like Feverston in there, a great leader, you know, he's got to be doing better at obviously organising that midfield and obviously, you know, I want to be seeing him all the time, instructions, 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 you know, and it was there to see Newport were were brilliant at pressing out and and causing Poles problems in their own half. You know, and seemingly it's it's games like this. I think when when poles are sussed out and polls are matched, then poles do have a tendency to struggle. So I think it's important that you know polls have got to have like a a plan B, which you know that they, they didn't because it, it it just happened and happened and happened time and time again. I think I will give polls a little bit of limelight because I think in the second half there was improvement and. You know, it was a great goal by David Ferguson, a deserved goal rather to draw his level. But you know, obviously, I've watched that that second goal by Newport again today, and oh, it was bad on Friday night, but seeing it again, it was just absolutely awful. And the defending was all over the place. And looking back, you know, it was a little bit of a, a manic moment by Killip. Obviously, the, the cross comes over and you know obviously he's made a decision to kind of come out towards the Newport attacker and then obviously he's tried to run back but then obviously Telford has obviously headed it down and obviously in and obviously it was a little bit unfortunate by Little that he hasn't been able to keep it out but overall I didn't think in my opinion Pools were worthy of winning the game but I would definitely say we didn't deserve losing the game I don't know what you had to think Jack I know obviously you watched it.
0: Yeah I got the stream and I think you've summarised it pretty well to be fair as you say don't like to pick on players don't like to specifically point out you know the faults of a player because we always like to get behind the boys as much as we can but honest I'm lost for words with Ogle like he's had three attempts at the back post and just like a 50 pence head it's just like flipping flown over the bar or gone wide. Like, I, I just couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it as a, pro, as you said, as a professional footballer, you've had three free headers at the back post and you haven't put one of them on target. Like that needs, that needs sorting because if that was Jamie Sterry, I'm pretty confident all three of them would have been buried in the back of the net. Um, you know, it, it, as it was pointed out on commentary as well, we've done that three times and, to not score from three of those opportunities is really worrying. Perhaps not worrying. Worrying might not be the word, but it's just like, you know, we've had those opportunities to get an upper hand in the game and influence the game early on. And as you said, Angle was unbelievable. I thought going forward, he he's putting some brilliant balls in, working really well with Fergie, um, you know, and his defensive game was on top form as usual and, We had our chances. We had plenty of chances throughout the game. The second half, you know, I know you said we didn't deserve to win it. I think a draw was definitely the fair result. If you just watched the second half, though, in isolation, I would have said Pulse should have won that. Like we, we turned up second half, which was great to see. But in the first half, what were we doing in the midfield? As you said, like we were just letting, they were just running time after time after time. Even Matty Dolan was getting from the back and getting all the way up. And it was just like, as you said, frustrating to see because Norley was so good in those areas. And um, as you said, that free kick from Fergie was top draw. If that were, if, if someone if Ronaldo had put that in, it would be talked about for quite some time, but it's David Ferguson from Arlepool United, so we don't expect that to happen. But honestly, as soon as we won that free kick, I, I was certain Fergie was going to put that in. and um, Just the way that he stands over the ball, the way, how far it was out, it's quite difficult actually to, you know, get it at the right height and the right pace from there. And, and he, he just nailed it. One thing I will say, and I really don't like to blame opposing teams for having, um, let's say, negatively influenced the game, but they were dirty. I'm not being funny. They were time-wasting after they scored the first goal all the way through to the end. Kevin Ellison, who... I'm not afraid to tell absolutely everyone who listens to this podcast. I cannot stand the man, and the fact that he came on and was gobbing off at the ref left right and center literally that's all he's done and the ref didn't have one word with him um you know, and just the way they were going down and stuff really frustrated me, but look, the way that the game finished in the last minute was absolutely gutting as you said killip like he he committed to coming out, but then quickly came back and it was just really awful defending. For him to head that at the pace it did and for it to trickle over the line was demoralising, if I'm honest. But look, I said before the game to you, didn't I, that a one-all draw would be a good result. I said that these would be one of the best, if not the best team that's going to visit the Vic this season. I know we've got Forest Green at home next week and next Saturday, but... You know, they're a very good side and they play very good football and we can't take that away from them. I thought little lad, um, little lad Telford in his suit jacket all game, if I'm honest, like he literally, apart from that last kick of the game, didn't really do an awful lot. I thought Burn was absolutely immense. Like he has really grown. Um, week in week out and he's a player that at the start of the season I was a little bit unsure about but he's honestly he's he's one of the best players on the pitch week in week out now so that's good to see and, and fingers crossed you know we're not too disheartened from losing to Newport who are a very good side I think Sweens will be disappointed like the rest of us of how we've lost that game and the team will be as well the team will be hurting from that so fingers crossed we You know, we go into Wickham on Tuesday night, which we're going to discuss a little bit um, coming up. But hopefully we'll go in there full of confidence that we can go and get a result there and, um, you know, build on, on what we've been doing this season. Right. And just cut out those little mistakes. And, you know, I think we'll be absolutely fine.
1: Away from the football for just one moment, we thought it was poignant and extremely important to mention the incredible remembrance display that was unveiled prior to kick-off on Friday night, orchestrated by those in the northwest corner. We both know personally how much time, effort, money and thoughts went into this.
0: So, making his first appearance on the podcast, Jack Anderson. Great to have you on, mate. I guess to start with, what were your thoughts on the Andy Woodman situation and how that all played out?
2: Hi, lads. Um, Yeah, so... For me, I think it's a bit dead in the water. To be honest, it was it come about sort of out of the blue, really. But I think he would have been a good manager for us. Um, for me, I think that the problem with that is that I can't see us buying somebody out of a contract. To be honest, I mean he's good. He's done a really good job for Bromley, but uh, I think our approach for the next manager, and I think that would be what stops us getting the guy from Halifax as well, will be that we're going to get somebody who's either unemployed or it'll be someone from within.
1: I mean, have you got anyone in
2: mind? Um, for myself, the ideal candidate would be uh, Flynn, but I'm not sure I see it happening. I, mean, I think we've been a bit ambitious on that one, to be honest. Um, like I say, I do think we're unlikely to buy somebody out of a contract. I might be wrong, but I personally can't see it. Um, for those reasons, I think personally, I'd, I'd give it to Sweeney, whether he wants it or not. We all know there's a bit of a different debate that's going on, but um, for me, I'd go with Sweeney. I mean, Friday night we've seen some encouraging signs from the football we played with them. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I know we discussed that after the game, Jack, about Sweeney and stuff, and it's been an ongoing conversation really, um, as to whether you know he's ready for that first step as taking the permanent manager's role. I would agree with you in terms of Flint, he's someone who I'd really like to see, and I've said this earlier in this podcast, I've said it in previous episodes as well, but I think, as you say, he's attracting, obviously he hasn't got the Cardiff job, but he's attracting some big names and Perhaps I know this will lead on to our next question. Perhaps the investment that we've just seen might, you know, encourage him a bit more. But moving on from all that managerial talk, there's really positive news out the back end of last week with a new partnership with Suit Direct. How good is this for the club moving forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, you say it's positive news. I did see some sort of adverse comments on it on social media, which I found a bit baffling, to be honest. I mean, it sounds like from what Stephen Owen's saying, it's a uh, like he said, it's a Premier League, or championship standard deal, so it sounds great for the club in terms of the money it's bringing in. Um, obviously, the fans, didn't call it what they want. They'll always know it as the Vic, as people keep reminding everybody. Um, but the place looked amazing on Friday. I mean, the changes there are fantastic. The uh, photos I've seen of the new Soup Direct lounge look really good as well, um, which obviously that will bring in some more money with people, people paying into there. Um, it's it's always good to see. I mean, the work that Stephen Hoban and the new sort of senior managers have done around the club as well, the the progress they've made in terms of the, the match day experience is starting to get a bit better, and the sponsorship deals that they've brought in in the short time. And it's good to see those guys floating around the place as well. You know, before the game, you go in 1908, you see Stephen Hoban walking around. So that shows pretty good transparency and sort of openness in the way that they're running the football club.
1: So just before we do finish off, perhaps you could give us your thoughts on Friday's defeat in Newport and a prediction ahead of Tuesday's trip to Wickham.
2: Yeah, um, well, like I said there, there was some encouraging signs Friday night. Um, For me, I think the football was a bit more exciting at times. We committed a bit more up the field at times compared to the the Dave Sharnley days. Um, Obviously disappointing to lose it at the end, which was a bit of a combination of a Mike Fondop and Ben Killer error in the build-up to that goal. But I think the draw, draw was a fair result, to be honest. I think it was a one-all game that, unfortunately, the mistake cost us at the end and, and lost us the point. But, um, I mean, Newport looked a good team as well, to be honest. Fair play to their couple of hundred fans that come up. But they did look a good team, and I think they'll be up there at the end of the season. So we don't want to be too disheartened about it. We definitely don't want it to cause a hangover going into a couple of, couple of games coming this week. Um, in terms of Tuesday I didn't go at the first game so I don't know much, too much about Wickham but I, I know of a few of their players and they've got some good quality in the team I'm a big fan of Ainsworth as well I mean he did really well to get them into the Championship a couple of years ago uh, I think in terms of ourselves going at that game we've got to try and frustrate them for an hour and keep it keep it level till 60-70 minutes in make a couple of changes and try and snatch one at the end I don't think we're going to have it easy there but hopefully we'll go there and we'll get something from it but I'm not sure myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's been discussed a lot. It's a shame that we couldn't get it over the line in the first leg. Um, but whatever happens, really, to think that we've, you know, drawn at home with Wickham, we've gone and obviously got a replay there. I think that's big signs of the way that the direction that the club is in at the minute. Um, and as you said on Friday, there were lots of positive signs. I, I think personally, the second half, we absolutely battered them. To be honest, we play them off the park for about 40 minutes and it's unfortunate that those two errors from Fondop and and Killip at the end of cost us a a 2-1 defeat and sadly I think with Fondop you know we said earlier in the podcast we don't want to pick on players but he's someone who just really isn't cut out for pulls and You know, we've just got to put up with that for now and fingers crossed in January with this further investment as we discussed, there'll there'll be a scope for us to invest in some new strikers and other players that will develop us as a club. But thanks for joining us, mate, and giving us your thoughts. We look forward to welcoming you back on in the future.
2: Brilliant. Cheers, lads. Thank you.
0: So having previewed
2: the Wiccan game in the last episode,
0: as we now know, we drew 2-2 last weekend with Cullen and Moles grabbing the goals for Pulls. We had in the replay on Tuesday night, perhaps with a bit more confidence as we matched them blow for blow in the initial time tie. So that's time for predictions now. I'm gonna go. Well, it's gonna be a tough game. I kind of don't want to expect anything, but I can't. You live in hope, don't you? And the tie at Lincoln's, uh, although not easy, it's you know it's a tie that kind of think well, it's ground that. Is a great ground to visit. It's a team that are on the up, a team that have come from the National League and are performing in League One. Um, But yeah, on to Tuesday. I'm really unsure what to go with here because it could easily go to extra time. As Jack said, we need to frustrate them for as long as possible. Um, I don't want to go against Pulls, but I'm going to go with 2-1 to Wickham. As much as I hate saying that, I just think, you know, that they're at home. They're a club that's just come out of the championship and a club that's going to be very difficult with our away form. But what better opportunity to turn that
1: round? I don't know what you think, Davo. Um, I think, you know, you've got it right. It is going to be tough. Obviously, you know, it's now in front of their fans. They have the the advantage because there's going to be a hell of a lot more of them than, than obviously than police. Um, obviously, you know, playing on Friday, we obviously we've already travelled down. Probably going to travel down the day before, so I would suspect that we would see a little bit of a tweak in the XI. Um, I think it's going to sound a bit strange in a sense, but I think if if maybe we could somehow get them to extra time and maybe nick something in extra time. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it went to penalties. It really wouldn't, because, like Jack said, I think I think we will probably plan out to to maybe frustrate them a bit. But it's it's difficult because I'm like you. Know, I don't want to go against Pools. I, I, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't think we're going to win. Whether we lose it in in the 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 regulation time, whether we lose an extra time, or whether we lose penalties, I'm going Wickham. I can't say a score, but I'm definitely going with a Wickham win. And followed on now with club news. Obviously, we spoke earlier about the huge sponsorship deal with Suit Direct. However, yesterday, saw pools drawn away to Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough following progression from Group A of the Papa John's Trophy. And that fixture should be played the week commencing the 29th of November.
0: Yeah, and it's just touching on that, a really great draw, isn't it? It's a team that, are a huge team. It's the opportunity to go somewhere that we, you know, won't often have the chance to go to, um, especially obviously where we are in the league. And, um, you know, they're, they're a massive club. Hillsborough is a massive stadium and it's a great opportunity to even go there and go with a positive mindset to try and nick a result and what a statement of intent that would be but that concludes everything for today's episode thanks to Jack Anderson for appearing on today's episode whilst you're at it why don't you check out our Twitter page at HFC chat and Twitter closing in on the next big milestone of followers and Hartlepool United news on Facebook again, closing in on 1K. So we just want to thank you for your continuing support and the uplift that we've had in that recently. And here's to more success, both on and off the pitch. Keep the faith, never say die. And as ever, back the boys.